0: hello and welcome back to idiots alphabet soup it's us we're the idiots and depending on how you're consuming this podcast you might be able to be watching watching us right now which is cool um yeah for our special christmas episode we're doing a video yeah and it is actually christmas day it is actually christmas day we um we plan to record this uh, December C- twenty third, post at Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, but some things happened. Uh, we got new mics for the potty. This is one of them. If you're watching, you might be able yeah. to see it. Um, and we had some struggles in figuring out those new mics.
1: Yeah, well, we recorded a whole episode and then realized that our audio was jacked. It was pants? It was completely pants. It was rough.
0: Um, and so. <laughs> Uh, we had to. We like, yeah. If it, I think if it, the video had been bad, we could just like not do that. And just post the audio, but the audio, the was audio is bad, rough. Um, and so we, you know, what we did is we recovered. We learned from our mistakes, <laughs> and now here we are again.
1: Hopefully, the audio is working this time. Hopefully, should we explain where we're at? Yes. Okay, we are at my house. Period. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're at Catherine's house. Um, yeah, I was here for Christmas, which was super fun. Uh, your family was very nice to me, yeah, I appreciated.
1: um she was very nice to my family <laughs> back <laughs> um we had an enormous dinner,
0: and yesterday we baked made baked mussels, which I'd never had before, and yeah. never baked before, and it was quite easy and quite fun, and I think next time I go home to visit my family. I'm going to make them um, baked mussels because I feel like they'll be impressed. It was quite good. Can you get the mussels on the half shell at places that are not H Mart? Because I don't I f- think there's an
1: H Mart where I live. I feel like you ought to. Okay. And, like, when we looked at the box with the mussels on the half shell, they didn't look, like, didn't specifically, look specifically Asian.
0: Asian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay, besides the fact that it's Christmas – oh, I should also clarify – we just woke up from a hefty nap. Yeah. If you're watching this, you might be able to see, hopefully it's faint enough that you can't, but there are lines on my face right now because um, my head was resting on Catherine's corduroy jumper. <laughs> and um, You know how it is. Like, you know, it's a good nap when you wake up with like the imprint of the pillow on your face. You know, it's a good nap when you wake up and you don't know what year it is. <laughs> yeah. I like solidly <laughs> forgot that it was Christmas. <laughs> oh man. Um but yeah, what else have we been up to besides like what we did today?
1: Okay. Well, um, you were here like all week last week as well. Mm -hmm. And we went to see The Nutcracker. Should we talk about that first? Oh my gosh. Am I deviating from the script? We can talk
0: about The Nutcracker first. Okay. Okay.
1: The (laughs) Nutcracker. So like me and you, Mm -hmm. we went to The Nutcracker in DC at Warner Theater. And it's like a few blocks. blocks, Brocks. 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 It's a few blocks from the the restaurant. (laughs) A few blocks away from uh, the White House. (laughs) Um... And we went to this fancy French restaurant. First of all, waiter, pretentious. So pretentious. We ordered the charcuterie and he goes, oh, you mean the charcuterie? <laughs> I know. And I'm like, we are in America, mister. We don't need to be t- saying charcuterie.
0: But he would also do this thing where like,
1: he said, okay, the
0: special is Also, the to best.
1: be clear, the waiter was not foreign. He was definitely in We're American. not making fun of his accent. <laughs>
0: like if he had been french i'd be like okay but no okay so i ordered um so they had like a special of the moment and he comes up and he's like oh you know we have these things these are really good we also today have like a sea bass whatever whatever and i had already decided i was just going to order the special of the moment so i ordered the special of the moment and he goes oh you mean the sea bass oh they can see us i know um and then the table next to us, he like gives them their the whole spiel, and the woman goes,
1: "I'll have the sea bass." And he goes, "Oh, you mean the special?" Yeah, <laughs> like he judges you for whatever you ordered. He's too much. It was like a fancy place, but he he didn't. The ratio of snooty to fancy did not did not correspond. Yeah, him. yeah. No, he
0: was too snooty. You know who
1: is not too snooty though? That perfect family that sat right by his next.
0: family sat next sat next to us. Actually, it was just a mom and two kids. Yeah. But those kids were the most perfect kids I have ever seen in my life, I think.
1: I told Jenny that the mom. If you hear that, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I told Jenny that the mom looked like she was doing things very smart, very sophisticated, very um, professional. And she looked like she was secretary of the Department of the Interior. Mm -hmm. we don't really know what that means no no clue like what is the interior is it all the locked states (laughs) i have no idea but she looks like she's in charge of it oh yeah for sure department of the interior call us (laughs) i'm just kidding
0: um but her she had these two kids so like every once in a while she would need to get up and leave with one of the kids and would leave the other one at the table and it was always just so well behaved it would sit Mm -hmm. and like work on its little coloring page and sip Shirley Temple. Um, also, they were eating steak. They were eating medium rare steak. I'm like, you know you have money if you go to a restaurant <laughs> and order a medium rare steak for your kids and you're not bothered at all when they don't finish it. Because the one girl didn't finish it and it was just like, okay. The boy didn't
1: finish it either. Neither
0: of them finished and they yeah. just left it on the table. Also, neither of these kids touched their fries. I'm like, what kind of kid doesn't eat their French They're fries? They're watching their figure. <laughs> I don't know like if i was a kid i would have i maybe would have just not eaten the steak and only eaten the
1: french fries i know i've
0: been freaked out because the steak was right in the middle <laughs> oh.
1: also there was like this hotel that it was in i forget the name what was it the
0: waldorf maybe no. it was the
1: waldorf i forget it but anyway so it was like one of those hotels where we the peasants were like too poor to get into because it looked so nice inside and it was mm. so cold outside
0: <laughs> it's like if you've seen the movie home alone yes like the hotel in home alone mm-hmm. like just beautiful
1: and fancy mm-hmm. and like
0: the place you feel like it's the place
1: where rich people
0: are on the holidays yes. in the
1: movies or like have you seen um a christmas carol like the live action one no oh uh, there's like the scene where like all the poor kids are outside and they're looking at a roast goose inside <laughs> that was the vibe it felt like that <laughs> Oh, uh, man. And
0: then at the Nutcracker, all the kids were super well-behaved there, too. Right. None of them had iPads. None, None of, them, of them were grabbing Mommy's phone. Yeah. They were just sitting and watching, eating their candies, chatting with their friends. And when the play started, mm-hmm. or the ballet started, they just sat and watched the ballet. One At one point in the second act, there was a kid who, like, you could hear him thrown a little fit mm-hmm. but that was the old and there were a ton of kids in that there team. were at least like
1: 200 kids probably. probably yeah it was crazy yeah
0: also we like watched the first act and it was intermission and i was like is it intermission and katherine goes no i think that's it let's go <laughs> i was like are you sure she's like yeah that was act one and act two and i opened I up my for plate. sure I opened up my I don't thing. know what I was thinking. I opened up my program to where it like describes Act Two and I was like, none of these things actually happened. <laughs> but you know
1: what? What? Act two was really boring. Act two was just like uh Nutcracker Man and um, Clara looking at other people like dancing. dancing. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, whatever. Yeah. The there first dances, yeah. The first act is for the plot, the second act is for the ballet.
0: Yeah. I feel. I think that's accurate.
1: Yeah. Also, rich people are beautiful. Yes. So beautiful. There was one <laughs> point. There was this couple that was, like, the most beautiful couple I have ever seen. His dad looked like a European ambassador, and she looked like a senator's daughter. Wait, his dad? Yeah. The, the beautiful guy's dad? Yeah. Okay. I didn't see. I didn't
0: catch it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I was talking to Catherine, and all of this, like, mid-conversation, I was just like oh my word (laughs) and kevin goes yeah i see it
1: they're too beautiful too beautiful like all these people are like tall and beautiful (gasps) speaking of tall and beautiful people tall and beautiful people the people in front of us at church yesterday yes we went to church yesterday for um quote unquote midnight mass (laughs) okay it wasn't technically it was a catholic mass it wasn't technically midnight mass it was at 8 p.m 8 p.m but we went
0: at 7 the caroling beforehand and this family walks in and sits in front of us. And it's this, these three tall, beautiful, gorgeous daughters. And all a tall, tall, blonde, and beautiful. And a tall, blonde, beautiful mother. Mm-hmm. And, like, a dad who was old and mediocre. <laughs> but it was With so cute. <laughs> and they all loved each other so
1: much. And they were all so tall and blonde and beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And, I don't know, they're really nice. And the mom, she did the thing. You know, like, in Catholic Mass, they say, peace be with you. Like, there's this portion where they say, mm-hmm. peace be with you. And, like, before COVID, like, they would hold your hand. Like, ooh, peace be with you. But then, like, during COVID, it was more of, like, a peace. Like, you give a peace yeah. <laughs> And, like, we haven't, like, fully transitioned back to the holding hands bit. But the mom was, she like... She held our hands. Holding our hands. And her hands were very soft. They were very soft. And I felt... I felt warmth in that moment. <laughs> I pet I felt pieced. <laughs> I felt like it was Christmas time. <laughs> she pieced me. <laughs> oh man. Um, also. What? The board game. We should tell her. Them- right. So- okay. So this has kind of been a secret project of ours, and we haven't mentioned it on the podcast at all because our friend Garrett listens to it quite religiously. And this had to do with our present for him. <laughs> yes. So. We back in
0: we started this back in July. Mm-hmm. We made our friends a board game. Great board game. Great board game. Um, yeah, it was like <laughs> a it was a labor of love. Um, at one point, we thought we were gonna make a whole documentary to go with it, but um, all we the didn't. footage was
1: boring. Yeah, um, it was just us like kind of being aggressive <laughs> <laughs> because the, the roles we tend to take on when we're planning sort of things is like i'm an idea man
0: and i am a shoot down your ideas man. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Um, but it all works out in the end but yeah yeah, we created a board game for our friends which is super fun um and uh, yeah it's like you're stuck on a little island and you have to get you have to Mm -hmm. work together with your friends to
1: get off the island yeah yeah um i feel like we're not doing it Enough justice, like we worked really hard on We worked game. really hard on the
0: game and it looks it looks great. Oh gosh. Um yeah, maybe we can post about it on our Instagram story so they can see what it looks like. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um but yeah, we like what we met roughly like every week for at a the, couple hours. Yeah. At the at
0: the beginning in the beginning of stages it was like almost every day. We mm-hmm. met and talked about it and then it sort of Came more of a once a week, once every two weeks sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it all came together. We used AI to generate all the art. We were planning to do it ourselves. And then at some point realized, like,
1: oh, this is way too daunting to ask. Too much work. Um, Also, AI is weird because, like, we can talk about this. We can talk about this. Okay, so our friend Garrett.
0: Yes. So we had (laughs) had characters in the game. All of them were our friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, AI kept making Garrett way too handsome he was too handsome it's like we'd put in um <laughs> we white put guy in with dark hair blue eyes and in a tropical us, background it, with a tropical background and it would give us this like stunning man with a smolder and and it's like this is not Garrett so
1: we would put like
0: <laughs> white attractive. guy
1: blue eyes not attractive in a, Ugly, tropical, in a tropical setting <laughs> and he was still like very hot and beautiful And also
0: then our friend Kiana, it kept giving her giant boobs.
1: Donks, yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you call them donks. I do. (laughs) Anyway, so, like, you would put, like, small, like, I put, like, small boobs in there. I put no boobs in there. (laughs) And it just kept making them enormous. AI is weird. Yeah, eventually I told it to give her a t-shirt with a high neck. So it didn't (laughs) matter. (laughs) Colton was shirtless. Yeah. And we put, like, fun little facts for all of our friends on there. Um, it And it was, like, very personalized to them. It was really cute and adorable. And we made all these
1: little event cards where bad mm-hmm. things happen. It's like, oh, no, goats ate all your food. Yeah. yeah. Well, the goal is to get off of the island. So you're in a, your four friends are in a plane crash. You um, have to gather resources to get off the island in time before – the volcano erupts and kills everyone that yeah. is it yeah and so like the way bad things happen
0: are by that you have to draw these event cards they make bad things happen but sometimes they make good things happen there's still it's still somewhat of a work in progress as far as the rules but like all the components in the board are all together which is super fun yes super fun super fun Super maybe maybe if we get inspired there'll be a kickstarter maybe maybe we got maybe. a lot. We got a lot of more projects in the next year, so I don't know how much we're going to be able <laughs> yeah. to do it, but maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about those. Well, um, well when they you. come to we'll, fruition, we'll update you if there's a Kickstarter. Yeah. Um. Okay, I think all we have left to
1: talk about that we did is the train ride. Right. Okay. So last Friday, um, we went to a uh, night on the north, night in the North Pole, night in the North Pole, not I think. on, maybe at night at the North Pole. Of? night of the no. North Pole,
0: I think it was night at the North Pole. Night under a North Pole. Night upon North Pole.
1: <laughs> okay. Night North Pole in the vicinity of the North Pole. Um, and it was super fun. It was at it only- was for kids. Yes. To clarify, it was at this train museum in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Called the B and O Train Museum. Yeah, which stands for Baltimore and Ohio. I learned. Yes, and B and O is a railroad station. On Monopoly. Monopoly. Yeah. Also no, maybe I shouldn't say that I thought it was more interesting than the Air and Space Museum. <laughs> well, that's like not a very controversial take. Yeah. Air and space is pretty boring. Boring. Unless you're into air and space. Yeah. Specifically. To clarify, um
0: the past week, while well, the Catherine was at work, I start I was going to some of the Smithsonians in Washington, DC. Um I went to the National Gallery of Art. The air and space museum and then the national portrait gallery and um i was very bored at the air and space museum and it's too I felt, big i felt bad because that's my brother matt's like favorite one he likes to take people there and i can see why it's his favorite no i'm kidding
1: <laughs> just kidding i love
0: you <laughs> i love you too matt i promise i just don't like the air and space museum I think the problem is that, like, it's only interesting if you're really into air and space. And there's too many words. It's a lot of reading and not a lot of spacing. It's a lot of reading, not a lot of spacing. And there's so many people that, like, Mm -hmm. you often can't read everything because there's people
1: there. But also, there's so much to read. The Air and Space Museum is too poppin'. I feel like our niche is, like, a little intellectual, also a little zany. Yeah. Like, the Gallery of Art nobody really likes to go there i mean like some people do but not yeah. a lot like the big ticket like museums are like air and space natural or history. natural history or uh african-american that's been oh yeah i've heard that one's yeah, really good that's popping um
0: but you all should go to the national gallery of art there's a there's a like marble statue there that i saw and was mesmerized by and took a picture and sent it to katherine she was like oh my word i love
1: that one <laughs> Yeah. And I said it was called The Veiled Nun, and you should look it up. Also, um, my favorite series of paintings is in the National Gallery of Art. It's Thomas Cole. Yes,
0: that was really good. Yeah. I saw and I saw um, some other paintings. I saw this one of a mom with her kid that like, made me want to cry because it made me think about my mom. <laughs> I also saw this one of a woman at a museum, and that one, I was like,
1: oh, wow, that's me. That's so meta. <laughs> that's
0: me right now. It's so meta. <laughs> um, it was really good, though. I had yeah. a good time um
1: what else should we talk about
0: um should we move on to explaining talking about the book we're going to talk about yes okay
1: do we explain it again
0: why we're talking about i think we can explain it again just in case case someone listens to this episode first you know okay yeah also to clarify this might be a slightly shorter episode because um i'm opening presents with my family in uh 35 minutes (laughs) And so it's got to wrap up then. But who knows? Who knows what'll happen?
1: Okay. Anyway, what book are we reading? (laughs) I felt like you just said things because your mouth was lonely. (laughs) Who knows what'll happen? You're talking to your family in 35 minutes, girly. (laughs) Can we cut that bit out? (laughs) Why? (laughs) <laughs> we gotta talk about this book
0: in 15 seconds Who knows what's gonna happen though? Who knows what's gonna happen Well I mean the world might end Before um, before uh, oh, no. I go and talk to my family <laughs> Jesus might come back Yeah my grandma Never never <laughs> says things definitively She always says if the lord tarries and I live And so that's what I meant <laughs> That's what I meant when I said Who knows what might happen <laughs> Because maybe the lord will come back And maybe I'll die <laughs> It's an homage to my grandma
1: is what it is. You're so dumb. Anyway, let's talk about the book. Let's talk about the book. Let's talk about the book. Okay, so
0: the book we're going to be talking about is... The Essential, Essential Emily Dickinson, Dickinson selected an by... in Introduction by Joyce
1: Carol Oates. Um,
0: should we explain how we came, came to talk about this one?
1: Okay, well, we're uh, meeting up about the board game, and... Somehow the topic of poetry came up and you decided to recite your five favorite poems.
0: Yes. Um, at least the ones that didn't take like five minutes. Um, to clarify here, I would there I would never do this to anybody else besides <laughs> Catherine. But I figured I've been friends with her long enough. I could
1: whip this out. <laughs> um,
0: oh, gosh. I know what happened.
1: And then um, I kind of still didn't get it. But I wanted to be interested in the things you were interested in. And so I went on Amazon and ordered a book of um, selected poems by Emily Dickinson. Um, yeah, and I was going to go through them by myself and be like, Hey, I read through these um, poems. I'm going to talk to them about about it with you. Um, but I couldn't do that because that would mean I'd have to keep a secret for weeks and it's really hard to keep a secret from you yeah yeah man it
0: was like even your christmas present was so hard to not talk so to you about hard. um but yeah so like katherine mentions that she's reading an emily dickinson book and first of all it like really hurt my heart <laughs> that you went out and bought this book to read because i seemed interested in it um and then i realized that i actually had the exact same book and was in the process of reading through it mm-hmm. um and so we decided
1: to put it on the potty
0: yeah because we ended up having some really interesting discussions about some of these poems
1: yeah um you were in a math conference or something and i was at home and i was like i and we were on a call as usual and (laughs) like i was like i really want to talk about these poems with you and we had a little impromptu poetry reading together and it was really nice it was super fun Mm -hmm. um Yeah. yeah so we
0: thought we would talk about our five favorite poems from this book with you all um these are not to clarify these are not the ones I have memorized the ones I have memorized I memorized when I was a kid yeah um but yeah we we picked out five that we had some interesting thoughts about
1: nice okay okay should we go through
0: them now yes let's do that
1: what number was it 216 is the first one okay shall I start yes safe in their alabaster chambers Untouched by morning and untouched by noon, sleep the meek members of the resurrection. Rafter of satin and roof of stone.
0: Light laughs the breeze in her castle above them, babbles the bee in a stolid ear. Pipe the sweet birds in ignorant cadence. Ah, what sagacity perished here. Yeah. Perfect. Yay. Okay. I pronounced all the words right. Yeah.
1: Last time she said
0: sagacity. And Catherine judged me for it. And I was like, girl, English isn't even your first language.
1: Calm down. See, that just sounds racist. <laughs> <sighs> oh, Prejudice. Man. You heard it here. Anyway. Yeah. So
0: this is actually, I think, the first poem that we talked about here that wasn't one that I quoted at you that
1: one night. Yeah. So I read this poem. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the first poems in the book, like it's in the first quarter of the book. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel Emily Dickinson moving through my body and like, she's telling me what the poem means. <laughs> I got it. Emily Dickinson
0: sat down beside you and whispered in your ear. Yes.
1: Sweet nothings about this poem. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So let me explain what I thought the poem was about. Maybe I was thinking too much. But, okay. Safe in their alabaster chambers, untouched by morning and untouched by noon. To me, that felt like these are people who are, like, safe from, like, worldly troubles kind of thing. Like, um, okay. Sleep the meek members of the resurrection, rafter of satin and roof of stone. So, like, to me, that meant, like, intellectually, these people are, like, not not quite there because a rafter is like what supports a roof and it's made of satin and the roof is made of stone like how can something soft and light support something that is hard and heavy so i'm like oh these are like ignorant people who are like just not unaware of like the problems of the world or whatever and then light laughs the breeze light is like knowledge maybe i don't know uh in her castle above them babbles the bee in a stolid ear pipe the birds like life is going on and they just don't hear it kind of thing is what i thought let's go with what you thought (laughs) okay so i
0: read this and i was immediately like okay i think it's about being dead (laughs) yeah which i'm gonna just clarify here if you're reading an emily dickinson poem like assuming it's about death is a pretty safe (laughs) bet um because i was like okay safe in their alabaster chambers untouched well First of all, the alabaster chamber is basically like oh, a crypt, crypt. a tomb, something yeah. like that. Um, untouched by morning and untouched by noon. It's like okay, when you're dead, like time has no meaning to you. Mm-hmm. Um, sleep. The the meek members of the resurrection dead. You go. You got to be dead in order to be resurrected. <laughs> um, and then rafter of satin and roof of stone. Yeah. I read this. See-, and, see, I immediately thought like oh like a, a casket can, yeah. is going to be lined with satin with stones on top of it yeah
1: yeah well okay so that's what i thought too like sleep the meek members of the resurrection i'm like oh they're like intellectualists intellectually asleep and i thought she was like taking a shot at like religious people you know you know what i mean
0: mm.
1: like members of the resurrection like they, they believe in jesus Christ the resurrection kind of thing
0: oh interesting <laughs> And then light laughs the breeze in her castle above them, babbles the bee in a stolid ear, pipe the sweet birds in ignorant cadence. It's like all these things like life is going on and like moving and babbling and things are happening in the world outside the outside the crypt or the tomb or the casket or whatever. Um, and it's like, ah, what's su- sagacity perished here, which apparently means wisdom. wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, what well, wisdom perished here? Because like the person who Wisdom perished
1: because they're intellectually dead folks.
0: <laughs> um, so who knows which um which version is actually Somebody get a Ouija
1: board? No, just kidding. Ask don't.
0: Emily herself, don't get a Ouija board. Don't, don't get mess, a Ouija board. Don't mess around
1: board. with don't that. Don't mess with that. Don't mess
0: with that. Um Yeah. <laughs> so we had very different interpretations <laughs> of that. Um I I have to admit, I'm sorry, Catherine, but I died laughing when I first heard yours. Uh, <laughs> oh,
1: man. I stand by what I said. I mean, you back it up. Back it up. You can back it up. I back it up <laughs> and you back up. <laughs> oh, man. No. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I don't know. I just love, like, go like talking poems with you because it's just so much fun yeah I also enjoy talking
0: poems with you we also read poetry in very different ways because I'm the type where I read it and like if I don't immediately at least like feel a twinge of interest in it I I move on I'm like I'm not about this this poem is not for me at this time Mm
1: -mm. for me I look at it and I'm like I don't understand like it's very personal like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: why don't I understand this And I, like, cannot let it go. And so it takes me ages to get through, like, a page. Yeah.
0: Sometimes, like, I'll feel feel like I kind of understand most of it, but I'm a little confused by some of it. And then I'll sit and be like, okay, what's going on? Let me figure this out. But generally, I'm a move-on-quickly person, which, granted, I don't think is quite reading poetry the way it should be read. But also, I think there needs to be some space for, like, if you don't understand a poem, you can just be like,
1: okay, I don't understand. I'm going to move on. Well, like, I tell you what. What? This whole book has got me going like this sometimes. <laughs> like, ooh, ooh, I'm so confused. Oh, <laughs> um,
0: yeah. man. Uh, but you do seem to enjoy, like, the analyzing part of it.
1: Yeah, I didn't. You know what? This is one of the cases where, like, you don't, s- like, you knew me better than how I knew me kind of thing. Yeah. Because I, I, I pulled this joke out last time. But they I'm, haven't I'm heard a, it yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they haven't heard it yet, so I'm going to pull it out again. But um, I the last time I read poetry was in high school, and I just assumed I didn't like it because when people tell me what to do, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and in high school, they tell you what to do. <laughs> I felt like I delivered it better, but trust me, it was really funny <laughs> was, last time. It, it
0: was really funny last time. It was it was funny this time too, just not as funny. <laughs>
1: Appreciate it.
0: Um, but yeah, you seem to really enjoy like the mm-hmm. anal- analyzing part of it. Now, yeah. should we move yeah. to our next one? Yes. Okay. So this one is four nineteen. I feel like um the person who leads the singing in church who like tells you what hymn to go to next. <laughs> Please turn to number four nineteen. Four nineteen. For the poem which begins, we grow accustomed to the dark. (laughs) please don't. We grow accustomed to the dark when light is
1: put away, as when the neighbor holds the lamp to witness her goodbye. A moment we uncertain step for newness of the night, then fit our vision to the dark and meet the road erect.
0: And so of
1: larger darknesses,
0: those evenings of the brain, when not a moon disclose a sign or star come out within.
1: The bravest grope a little. And sometimes hit a tree, directly in the forehead, but as they learn to see. Either the darkness alters, or something
0: in the sight adjusts itself to midnight, and life steps almost straight. All right, so when I first read this poem, um, and maybe this wasn't how Emily intended it. In fact, after talking with you, it it probably wasn't, but this is how it really, like, this is, I think, why I noted this one, and it really impacted me. Mm -hmm. is that it it felt very descriptive of how, like, when bad things are happening, either in the world in general or sometimes even in your own personal life. um, It's like, at the beginning, life feels so dark and it feels like everything is absolutely terrible. And then as you move forward, at least for me, there's always kind of this question of, are things getting better Mm -hmm. or am I just adjusting to what's going on? Because I think sometimes things are getting better and sometimes you just adjust. I think of this with like um uh, the first thing that actually came to mind when i read this was the war in, in ukraine because it's like at the beginning when that was all going on it was like oh my word this is in your mind in the news so much mm-hmm. and then um we, it's barely talked about now yeah but it's like it didn't just go away we just got used to it mm-hmm. then i also think of like back in 2020 my dad had a really bad fall and injured himself really badly. Mm -hmm. And at that point, like, it felt like things were really terrible and really dark. Um, But then there was also, like, as we adjusted to it, there was this thing of, like, how much is he getting better, and how much are we just adjusting to him, um, like, being incapacitated? Yeah. But talk about your interpretation of it, which I think is probably uh, how Emily intended it, but you know what? Maybe it also applies to our own uh, to the darkness in the world as well.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. Because, like, to me, the when she describes the dark, it seems more personal. Like, this is darkness because I'm out of what I know and put into a place where I don't know much. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're a little uncomfortable. Um, and, like, what stood out to me was that being brave in an unknown situation, at least according to this poem, does not help you.
0: Yeah, because it's like even the bravest, bravest grow up a little and sometimes hit a tree directly in the forehead.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so kind of Emily Dickinson is saying that in her experience, like you flailing about and like throwing spaghetti at an uncertain situation does not... Um, does not help you see better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to wait a little bit, and life almost, steps almost straight. And so, to me, this is kind of like really helpful because, like, when I'm in an unknown situation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: can't lie, your girl panics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do I do? Oh. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And so I'm the type of person that would try that will try everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but this poem kind of hit me because it's like, just give it a little. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, yeah. And like, there's, there's these hurdles, right? There's a um, stanza that says, and so of larger darkness, those evenings of the brain, when not a moon discloses sign or a star come out within. So like, there's no light no help coming from outside of you, the moon. Mm-hmm. And there's no stars from within. Like, you also can't help the situation. You can't illuminate the situation. What you can do is just wait. Yeah. And I kind of like that. Yeah. I think my favorite in this one is the last, where it's like, either
0: the darkness alters or something in the sight adjusts itself to midnight and life steps almost straight.
1: Right. Sometimes it, get be- it gets better or you mm-hmm. just deal with it. Yeah. And that's
0: what it is. Yeah.
1: I quite like that. I quite like
0: that one, too. Should we um talk about the next one?
1: Yeah. Okay. What number? 449. 449. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. All right. Me first? Yeah. I died for beauty, but was scarce. Adjusted in the tomb... When one who died for truth was lain in an adjoining room. He questioned softly why I failed. For, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you asked me a question, I replied.
0: <laughs> he questioned softly why I failed. For beauty, I replied. And I, for truth,
1: themselves are one. We brethren are, he said. And so as kinsmen met a night, we talked between the rooms until the moss had reached our lips and covered up our name wow all right what does this one mean well i made a really insightful note on here it says the dead are all the same dead is dead and it doesn't matter
0: (laughs) i like to think that when you wrote dead there you wrote like d-e-d dead Dead is dead (laughs) oh gosh yeah i think the thing that i found interesting in this one is that like um is the middle stanza where it's like he questioned softly why i failed for beauty i replied and i for for truth themself are one we brethren are he said um almost like we die for like if you die for different things you're still dead you're still dead and like dying for something is dying for something even if it's something vain like beauty or something um good like truth
1: yeah this is a little more depression yeah
0: once again our girl emily loves to write about death (laughs) yeah maybe you know what Catherine? what maybe the darkness is is that grow accustomed to the dark is death and you grow accustomed when you get to heaven
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh oh man death and depression yeah she writes a lot about death and depression i know last um The last uh, recording attempt, I was like, smell some (laughs) grass, touch some grass. And you're like, she's actually like really depressed. I was like, oh, sorry.
0: I didn't (laughs) know. She was like quite depressed, Um, I think. And also, what was I going to say? I was going to say that when I was reading these, every time I didn't completely understand a poem, I just assumed it was about depression.
1: (laughs) Because depression makes no sense. And this poem makes no sense. So depression. I wouldn't say depress yes, okay. (laughs) Oh man.
0: man. Um But yeah. I like this especially the the last one or the last part as well, where it's like, and so is Kinsman Meta Knight. We talked between the rooms until the moss had reached our lips and covered up our names. Especially like the the covered up our names there seems to kind of emphasize that point of like in death who you are doesn't matter what you
1: died for doesn't matter yeah dead you're dead You're dead deal with it it's a good one it's a good one good one if you have any um interpretations that we would like to know about uh dms at idiots.alphabet.soup on instagram it's like um yeah we will reply or you can email
0: us we yes. have an email now. It's podcast at com. Apparently, when you're making a Gmail account, you can't use the word alphabet,
1: which we found out. Yeah, because Google's parent company is called Alphabet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We only have a few minutes left.
0: So we should go to the next one, which is uh, 532. Sorry, 632. 632. Okay. Ooh, I love this one. Okay. The brain is wider than the sky, for put them side by side,
1: the one the other will contain with ease, and you, beside. The brain is deeper than the sea, for hold them blue to blue, the one the other will absorb as sponges' buckets do. The brain is just the weight of God, for heft them pound for
0: pound, and they will differ if they do, as syllable from sound. Yes. Perfect. Eep. Eep, eep. Um... Yeah, I this one struck me. I mean, part of it is I like to think of myself as a smart person as much as I sound like an idiot on this podcast sometimes. <laughs> um, and uh, I just like this idea of, like, the brain can contain so much. Like, we are capable of comprehending so much in a way that makes us sort of gods of our own bodies. But when we compare our brain to the magnitude that is God... Um, they differ as syllable from sound, where sound entirely encompasses syllable. Like, syllable is connected to sound, but entirely encompassed by it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I don't think I'm smart. I think I'm an idiot most times, but I do believe that my brain is wider than the sky. Nice. Do you believe that um, your brain is deeper than the sea? Totes. Okay. (laughs) So, like, for serious, though, um, I think you put it, quite well like the brain can comprehend or like just absorb i don't know like there are these concrete things and the brain somehow has the ability to envelop these ideas of like the sky the Mm -hmm. sea and like kind of extrapolate information even like just comprehend what the sky and sea are Mm -hmm. um But the brain is just the weight of God for half them pound for pound and they will differ if they do a syllable from sound. So it's like, just as the brain is wider than sky and deeper than the sea, so is God compared to your own brain. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty cool. That is very cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I quite like this one.
1: I I love this one.
0: I also quite like, so I got this book used and there's um, the notes of somebody else in here and I quite enjoy their notes, which is like, Brain is God. Reason is faith. Reason uh, was out. <laughs> um, uh, that boy be thinking too much. Yeah, honestly. He thinks too much. Um, but I like that this, this person left little like trinkets in here. I like fun. that it's annotated. Yeah. I kind of like reading things that are already annotated. And then I don't feel bad about adding my own annotations.
1: Okay. This next poem. Okay. It's um, about death. But not about depression. Yeah,
0: a little less, a little less espresso, depresso than the other
1: ones. Yeah, shall I start? Yes. Behind me dips eternity. Before me immortality. Myself, the term between death, but the drift of eastern grey, dissolving into dawn away before the west begin. Tis kingdoms
0: afterward they say in perfect, perfect pauseless monarchy, whose prince is son of none,
1: himself his dateless dynasty himself, himself, diversity, in duplicate divine. Tis miracle before me then, tis miracle behind, between, a crescent in the sea, with midnight to the north of her and midnight to the south of her, and maelstrom in the sky.
0: Ooh! Ooh.
1: That's a good one. That is a good one. All right, tell us about it. Okay, so first lines, behind me dips eternity, before me immortality. So, there was a world before me then, that went on forever. And a world that is in front of me now. That goes on forever. And this is my life. Seemingly insignificant in between. Mm-hmm. But. Um, and we have then. That death is the drift of eastern gray. Dissolving into dawn away Before the west begin. <laughs> so. Death. Is not some. Sun- like it's interesting. Because usually in poems. I feel. I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience with poems. <laughs> but um in this poem it seems like death is sunrise and not sunset so it's the beginning of some new it's the beginning of a new day it's the
0: beginning of immortality
1: yeah Yeah, because normally i feel like we think of death
0: as the end but in in this case it's almost thinking of death as the beginning
1: yeah and like you know there's this part in the last stanza that says tis a miracle before me then So everything that happened before me was a miracle. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I mean, everything that will happen after me is a miracle. This miracle behind between everything that's happening now and before now is a miracle. So like life is a miracle. Death is a miracle. When you didn't exist, it was a miracle.
0: A crescent in the sea. Like we're just on this wave in the great Mm -hmm. ocean
1: yeah oh, and then it's like midnight to, to the north, north of her midnight, midnight to the, to the south,
0: south of her this idea that like you can only continue linear linearly like forward towards immortality or backwards mm-hmm. towards eternity or like mm-hmm. like well you can't travel backwards it doesn't say that
1: um, <laughs> but uh unless you even a time machine <laughs> marty mcfly <is> that you <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't even front you
1: haven't seen back to the future no i haven't um marty mcfly's collab with emily dickinson yeah Um, and maelstrom in the sky
0: maelstrom in the sky
1: all right yeah we gotta
0: cut this we gotta cut this because i have to go open presents with my family um currently right now yes um so this has been idiots alphabet soup baboosh baboosh also check out our instagram to hear about our reading challenge because it's really cool um sign up sign up baboosh baboosh